We're just one week out from the most important race of the year, the 2021 Cyclocross World Championship. You're listening to Inside Cyclocross, and this is your 2021 World Championship preview show. Stay tuned. Welcome everyone, Justin from Ride CX here, and I'm getting excited because we're only a week out from Worlds. As I'm recording this episode, the two final races, Flandrian Cross and the Overiza World Cup, have just wrapped up. So we have the very latest results to consider when making our predictions for Worlds, and I'll be sharing my picks with you. Let's start with a little background about Ostende. As always, I hope my pronunciation is good, and if not, please reach out and let me know. The 2021 Worlds event is in Ostende, Belgium on January 30th and 31st, 2021. Ostende is a coastal city in the Flemish-speaking part of Belgium, and it's a town with a military history, uh, having been occupied by Germany during both World War I and World War II. Average daily high temperature is about 40 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit at race time, and rain is likely. It rains uh, every third day, and the area gets about 30 inches of rain annually. When I look at the forecast, it reminds me a lot of Seattle. It just rains a little bit, but it pretty much rains every day. So a cold, damp, wet race with mud is likely in January. The course also has a heavy sand section with significant running that we're going to be taking a look at. U23 men and elite women are scheduled to race on Saturday, while U23 women and elite men race on Sunday during race weekend. If you tune into the live stream along with me, you're going to notice some significant missing pieces from the World Championship last year. First of all, there's only six American athletes on the start list. This is primarily due to the COVID-19 pandemic. There's simply a smaller pool of athletes to choose from. When making their selection criteria, USA Cycling chose to focus on riders who were already living and racing in Europe, to name to the world's team. And they are, from the U23 women, Madigan Monroe, Boulder, Colorado, from the Trek Factory Racing Team. In the elite women's category, Katie Compton, Colorado, Colorado Springs, Colorado, KFC Racing Team. Rebecca Faringer, Concord, New Hampshire, Kona Maxis Shimano. Clara Hansinger from Portland, Oregon, Cannondale Cyclocross World, and Katie Keough, also from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and also representing Cannondale Cyclocross World. In the elite men's field, there's just one athlete representing the United States, and that's Curtis White, DeLance in New York, and he is also representing Cannondale Cyclocross World. Some notable riders you might expect to see, like fan favorite Carrie Werner, for example, pretty much opted out of the entire season and they won't be on the start list. The second major change is that there are no juniors on that list at all. The junior categories at World have been canceled outright for all countries, not just the United States for this year. And this is a UCI decision designed to reduce travel and potential COVID exposure. Finally, the third missing piece is spectators. Currently, face masks are mandatory, even in outdoor spaces in Ostend. The World Championships are going to be held under similar conditions to what was used in the Super Prestige Series 
in the 2020 and 21 season, which means no paid spectators and riders can only have minimal support staff in the pit. The athletes are required to wear masks until they reach the staging area. Immediately prior to the start of the race, they can remove that mask, and then they have to put masks on again at the conclusion, including for post-race interviews and any podium ceremonies. Ticket sales for Worlds have been suspended, and the public will definitely not be able to attend. And this means the event is going to lack some of the atmosphere and excitement that a world championship would usually have, with tens of thousands of spectators on hand. Uh, Instead, you're going to have to rely on piped-in fake crowd noise and your own enthusiasm. Let's talk about the course and take a little bit of a preview. We're not going to know for certain until we start to see some uh, video course previews, uh, perhaps from Rebecca Faringer. She's been giving us a course preview for most of the races and publishing them on YouTube this year. But I can tell you that previously, cross races that have taken place at this venue have had two very distinguishing features. The first is a massive flyover ramp that connects two parts of the course, the inland side and the beach side. Riders use this ramp to get over a highway twice per lap. And the second notable feature is the huge amount of sand. Since this takes place in a coastal town, you'd expect sand to be part of the 2,900 meter course, and it definitely is. When we review the course map, you can see that the route runs pretty close to the waterline, and I'm really curious to see how the course will be staked out on race day. If you look at YouTube at some of the previous races held at this venue, we find that the beach has had a choose-your-own-adventure section in the past. Riders can take the shortest possible distance, which is running in that fine, deep sand, or they can ride a longer total distance by going down to the water line, but they don't have to dismount and run, and they can stay uh, riding for longer. That's going to obviously vary based on the tides and the weather and the exact placement of the course tape, so watch out for that. It could definitely play a key element in the outcome, and we're expecting that the running in that sand will be a critical part of the race. Here's the actual breakdown on the course itself. Grass, 1,326 meters. Cinder, 404 meters. Sand and improved sand surface, 565 meters. Bridges, 400 meters. And asphalt or concrete, uh, just 200 meters. So you can really see with uh, this race might end up being 8 or 10 laps in a world championship event. 565 meters of sand per lap is pretty substantial. If you want to take a look at the map itself, go to RideCX.com, type in World Championship into the search bar, and you'll find a blog article with a big graphic version of the course map that you can review. If you're interested in streaming this race, be aware that UCI World Championships are broadcast live on the official UCI YouTube channel. However, availability does vary by country, and uh, geo-blocking applies based on your location. So if the UCI sold the broadcast rights to a provider in your country, Don't expect to be able to fire this one up on YouTube. The USA, notably, will typically be blocked from this free stream. In the United States, Flow Sports has the broadcast rights on their Flow Bikes subscription streaming service. Flow Bikes offers annual subscriptions that include all Cyclocross World Cups, plus the World Championship in all disciplines, including Cyclocross. We are really in the golden age of streaming. Between Flow Bikes and GCN Race Pass, You can stream almost 100% of the European pro cyclocross races with English commentary, which is a luxury we didn't have a few years ago. 
Some listeners may have previously used NBC Sports Gold Cycling Pass, a competing service to watch cyclocross. Be aware that NBC Sports no longer has broadcast rights to the World Championships or to the World Cups. They are focusing primarily on the Tour de France. It was also announced last week that NBC plans to shut down their NBCSN channel and move some of that cycling content to the USA Network or their Peacock streaming platform, but there's no details yet. So if you're a cycling fan, there's some question marks around what you might be able to get from NBC in 2021. So sticking with flow bikes looks like a better bet, especially if you want to tune into the uh, upcoming world championships. Let's take a look at some of the contenders and my predictions for this race. Uh, the riders' performance at Flandrian Cross and the Overizo World Cup this weekend uh, gives us an idea of their form as we head into Worlds. Those were the last two tune-up races with only a week to go. For the elite men, early season racing was dominated by three athletes, Ellie Ezerbit, Tonarts, and Lawrence Swick. And that changed completely when three heavy hitters, Matthew Vanderpool, Wout Van Aert, and Tom Pidcock made their season debuts. Each of those three athletes has won at least once since returning to cross this winter, and they would have to be the favorites. Pidcock showed flashes of brilliance, winning the super prestige Havre in a convincing fashion, but that's his only victory this season, which really suggests a two-up battle between Vanderpool and Wout Van Aert might be in the cards. A dark horse, a strong runner, Michael Vantorn out, um, could be an outside, uh, an outside favorite. He seems to have slipped a little bit in recent weeks compared to his early season results, but earlier in the year, he really took it to a new level and seemed to have had a breakthrough, so he would be my uh, outside podium chance. On the elite women's side, defending champion, Salen uh, Del Carmen Alvarado would be a podium favorite. But it's actually Lucinda Brand who has been the most successful and consistent rider on the women's side this season. There's definitely been uh, more parity. Lucinda Brand, Anne-Marie Wurst, Alvarado, Denise Betsema, among others, already taking victories this season. So will Lucinda Brand's World Cup Series domination lead to a victory at the one-day winner-takes-all World Championships? Possibly. Uh, Salen Del Carmen Alvarado appears to have peaked at exactly the right time, winning at both Flandrian Cross and the Overeyes World Cup in the space of just 24 hours. So she's clearly ready to defend her title. Did she defeat Brand outright two times, or did Brand just shut it down to preserve her energy for Worlds with the World Cup uh, already locked up? We don't know. Only Lucinda Brand knows how deep she really went. Since I'm American, let's talk for a little bit about Clara Hansinger. Does she have a shot at a medal? Yeah. Uh, what's needed for her to get there? At the most recent World Cup, uh, she had a front row start and was really unable to capitalize. She dropped back uh, to about 15th place and more than 20 seconds down at the end of the first lap. But then she used this big diesel engine in the middle of the race to come right back to the front, which is an amazing demonstration of power, but also takes significant energy. So she's shown that she can ride with the best in the world, but she would have to carefully manage her position at the start to be a medal contender. Also wanted to bring up Sana Kant, three times previous world champion, as another rider who seems like she's on the upswing. Made a big leap in the final tune-up weekend and appears to be peaking at precisely the right time, so I wouldn't count her out. 
In the U23 men's race, this one might be marred by the absence of some key athletes. There was a big pileup in the the starting grid at today's World Cup, so um, took out a few of the British riders from the field, so we'll see if they'll be able to make it to the World Championship starting line with a week to recover. Ryan Comp has to be the preliminary favorite based on winning the European Championship earlier this year. Then our last race would be the U23 women. Men on backer has to be considered the front runner in my mind for the uh, U23 women. She's consistently placing near the front in the open elite women's events with riders who are much older and more experienced. Anna Kay is another rider who seems to be getting hot at just the right time. We didn't see too much of her at the beginning of the season. Um, seemed like she had regressed a little bit from last season, but she got a bunch of TV time today and seemed to have a much, uh, much better result. So my predictions for these four races on the elite men, I'm looking for Wout Van Aert to close out his season that included wins at Strada Bianchi, Tour de France stage wins, and also the birth of a new child. My money's on Wout to take his uh, fourth world championship. Elite women, I like Salen Del Carmen Alvarado to defend her title. I think she gets a big confidence boost coming off the final tune-up weekend where she won twice. Ryan Comp, I'm looking to win the U23 men, uh, largely based on his previous background winning the European Championships this year. And in the U23 women, I'm going to go with Manon Backer, largely on the strength of her recent performance at today's World Cup. That's all for this episode. If you're listening to the Inside Cyclocross podcast for the first time, hey, please take a moment to subscribe so you can get new episode notifications. And leaving a review or a star rating wherever you're getting your podcasts really helps me to continue to bring you this type of content. Thanks again for listening to Inside Cyclocross from Ride CX. Ride safe and have a great time streaming the world championships.